This is the Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am your host, your biggest fan, Jeff Hancher. And as always, I am on a mission to help others lead, inspire, and win. Today on the show, I want to address the subject of upward influence. You know, this is a this is a topic that I have had to process in my own journey. And it's a topic that comes up a lot with people that are aspiring to become leaders or aspiring to gain more influence. And I will tell you why I want to talk about it today is because it's one of the hardest things to teach. Like you're never going to go to university and they're going to say, all right, you're going to take a semester. We're going to teach you how to be more influential in your workplace. That class doesn't exist. I mean, there's some books written on it, how to win friends, influence people. We got this stuff. But I will tell you, I've come to find that this is an art. Maybe you have ever found yourself in a situation where you feel like you're just not getting through to people. Have you ever felt that way, especially your boss? And by the way, this isn't just for people that want to be in leadership. If you're a leader listening, you probably also have a boss that is a leader of leaders. But we've all probably gone through this valley or this this season where we just feel like we can't get through to our boss. Maybe, maybe you had what you thought was a breakthrough idea Have you ever had one of those and it just gets shot down before you could even really get into the details and you walk away from this meeting or this interaction with your boss and they're like, they didn't even listen to what I had to say. If they would have at least listened to everything that I had to say, I'm sure that they would have loved it. The reality is, is they don't have ears for your voice. Here's the thing. It's not just your boss being difficult. I know that's what you want to think. In fact, being able to get your point across and communicate in a persuasive way with your superiors, it is it's a critical workplace skill that you have to develop. So don't just walk away from these encounters saying, my boss is a jerk. My boss is difficult. My boss isn't a good communicator. My boss isn't a good listener. Look, those things might be true, but you can either let those become excuses or you can focus on what you can change to compel them more so that they have ears for your voice. The question is, have you done enough to gain influence with your boss so that when you speak, they want to listen? The question is, are you influencing up in the organization? And upward influence is one of the most impactful things that you can do for your career. And unfortunately, this isn't talked about, and it's definitely not mentored enough in the workplace. We see these people, you know, kind of running through their career and we just feel like they get all the breaks and maybe it's just because the boss likes them. You know, maybe they're just the teacher's pet. No, they're probably doing what I'm telling you today. They're influencing up. They're finding a way to get the ear of people. And you might be listening today and you might say, well, Jeff, you know, I'm just going to keep my head down and keep doing my job. Well, suit yourself. That's not going to be enough. It's just not going to be enough. At some point, your results alone will not be enough. 
and you will need to bring more to the table in order to gain impact up through the organization. No, this is not brown nosing. For those of you that are already getting turned off by the topic and you're like, well, I'm not going to brown nose anybody. I'm not going to kiss anybody's butt to get ahead. I'm not asking you to. What I'm saying is this is a strategic way to add value and have your voice be heard. With that said, superior results are a non-negotiable. Without them, you could be doing everything right and still not get traction. However, so many times I see this, this uh, scenario where you know people are saying, well, I'm just going to get results and the rest will take care of itself. No. Or I'm just going to do all the other things and let my results go to the wayside. No. It's this and that. You need great results. But it's typically with the great results that, and the people that say, I'm just going to put my head down and do my job well and do it to excellence and, and sooner or later I'm going to get noticed. At some point that won't be enough. This isn't brown nosing. With all that said, you have to get the results because without them, you could be doing everything right. Don't lose sight of results. All I'm asking you to do is bolt on some of the things that we're going to talk about. You achieve superior results, and then you bolt on these strategies to help you gain incremental lift in your upward influence. This is the key to upward mobility. I remember interviewing for the biggest job of my career at the time, and um, I, I actually had to drive to corporate for this one. I had to go a long way from home to have this interview because it was with the uh, it was with the upper echelon of the company, and uh, I remember having this interview, and I mean, I felt like I was just wowing this this uh, executive leader, and I come to find out I was. And he tells me, he was like, I got to tell you, I am so impressed with what you've accomplished and your results and all this and all that. And then he asks this question to me and it almost made me fall off my chair. He said, how come I've never heard about you before? Oh, man, you want to talk about the, the wind out of the sails. You know, I had this mentality all these years that, I, you know, I was kind of a big, uh, a, a, a big fish in, in a small pond in Pittsburgh. I was, you know, I was doing pretty well, getting some good results, you know, winning a few contests here and there. I had a little bit of street credibility in Pittsburgh. But then I realized, like, there's a bigger pond out there than I'm a small fish in. And I, what the key was is that – and what this leader was telling me is you really haven't influenced up. I haven't even heard of you before. This strategy applies to all of us. This strategy applies for a leader that has a boss but also the person that's not a leader but you aspire to become a leader. I say often that the best way to achieve leadership status is to begin acting right now like the role that you want to obtain. Are, we, are you doing that? Here are a few tips that I'm going to give you today that I personally learned along the way, albeit some of them I had to painfully learn. But they're going to help you to lead your leader and gain influence up in your organization. And here's the first one, and it's probably my favorite. Don't be a time waster. Every time that you have an encounter with your boss or even your boss's boss, be prepared Every single time when you are going to consume some of your leader's time, be prepared for these engagements. Be prepared for these meetings, no matter what they are. One of the worst brands that you can create is that of a time waster. 
If this is a label that you carry, you will find yourself always being pushed from the agenda. You will be the one that's always having meetings cancel and finding it impossible to get the ear of leadership. They're going to give you some really good excuses too. And hey, look, I'm giving you all a peek behind the curtain today. I'm telling you all the things that the people in your company won't tell you uh, because I've been down these roads. You give these great excuses and you they smile to your face to appease you. But what is likely happening is that they're avoiding you. Why? Because you're a time waster. This is something you have to own and realize that people will always make time for what's important to them. I get it. Your boss is busy. Your boss's boss is even busier and busy, busy, busy. But here's the reality. They're making time for what's important. What they're really telling you is, is that you're a time waster. And every time that I meet with you, all I could feel is my blood pressure going up because everything that you're saying is senseless and it's not helping me get to all the boxes I got to check today. And that might be hard for you to hear. But I can tell you, as a, as a leader, as a leader of leaders, I, I would avoid these type of people as if they were the plague. Time is the one commodity that cannot be increased, no matter what a leader does. Take steps, do research, prepare yourself and your leader for your time together. Not only are they going to be impressed by your preparation, but they will find the time enjoyable and productive. Always remember this with a busy leader. Quantity and quality are very different. They are not looking for quantity of time with you. They're looking for very impactful engagement with you. Keep that in mind. Be prepared with great questions and and be prepared to bring something to the table that is a contribution that will serve the leader and the organization. Don't make these meetings just about you. Hey, boss, thanks for taking the meeting today. What I'd like to discuss is the fact that the water cooler in the lunchroom has been broke for three months. And people are thirsty and people's angry. And I'm coming on behalf of everybody to let you know, because you've always told us if there's everything that that I see that we need fixed, you want to know. So I'm telling you. And this is when the leader looks at you and smiles and says, Johnny, thank you so much for the feedback. That's the kind of feedback we need around here. Inside, they're throwing up in their mouth. That's real talk. Preparation and and serving the leader, it paves the way for both leaders to add value to each other. Are you thinking about that logically when you're going into these meetings? If not, you really need to. Number two, understand your leaders and their goals. This is kind of a piggyback off of one, don't make the meeting about you, right? What are their goals? And do you even care? Because I can tell you of all the years of that I've been in leadership, I've had 10 to 1 more meetings with people that reported to me about what they needed me to do for them and what needed to change. And we need better marketing and we need more lead generation and we need better technology and we need this and I need this and I need that. To begin to influence upward, you'll need to start by learning what's important to your manager and the overall health of the business so that you can show how what you're doing is relevant to their priorities. You know, I remember I worked for a publicly traded company for 24 years and early in my career, I had a leader that was good enough to tell me about these quarterly earnings reports. 
uh, that, that we would have that would kind of give the landscape and the posture and, you know, the ups and the downs and the opportunities and, you know, the, the strengths of the company and all of this stuff. And I started going on to these quarterlies earnings reports. And I started learning about things about our company that was never talked about in my local office. And I started gaining knowledge about the breadth of the company and the positioning that it was at a macro level. And that started putting me in a better position to add value and craft my messaging to what I thought would add value to the leaders that I was around. You know, you'll often often hear people refer to making a business case, air quotes, Instead of simply asking for what you want and doing this well, this requires some creativity and speaking a language that others understand. You, you often hear, uh, hey, make a business case instead of asking for what you want. Okay, all right, well, I got to make a business case for what I want. Yeah, that is true. But doing this well, you, you have to start speaking languages that other people understand. And that other people, quite frankly, want to hear. Once you know what your boss is focused on, work backward to craft your message and establish this link between what you're trying to accomplish and their most important priorities. It goes without saying that what you want to accomplish is a big promotion and make more money and have more recognition and better parking spots and all. I get that. But how is how can you craft what you want into a message that is a direct link into what your leader and the overall business is trying to accomplish? When you can do that, you will start seeing some lift. And keep this in mind, priority shift. What, what, what is the flavor of the month today might not be that tomorrow. You've got to be in the trenches and asking good questions to find out what these things are. If the priority this quarter is profit, how does your personal agenda tie into profit? If it's customer retention next quarter, how does your agenda tie into that? You have this agenda, but is it complementing the overall good? And is it complementing what your boss is trying to accomplish? By no means is this a manipulation tool, but rather a way to ensure that there's alignment in the overall goals for everybody. And this is a great way for you to stand out and become a resource versus just a clanging symbol. Believe me when I tell you, I have experienced way more clanging symbols than people that are adding value to what I'm trying to accomplish as a leader, because not everybody has the insight that I have as a leader. And so people come with all of this other stuff. But if they just knew then maybe they could lock arms with me. You need to be that person. You need to have deeper understanding so that now you can be tying what you're trying to do to the value. The third thing is lighten your leader's load. For you quiet quitters, you've already tuned out. That's, I mean, I had you until lighten your leader's load. It's hard for you to win if your boss is failing. When leaders win, organizations win. It's hard for an organization to win if their leaders are failing. This is going to require you to be a team player and do what others won't or don't want to do. And I hate to break that news to you. It's going to mean that you have to do a little bit more. It's going to create more work for you. And if you are in the camp of quiet quitting, then obviously this isn't for you. 
you're going to need to be creative with this as well because you might be listening and you're in the other camp like, I'm ready to do more. I'm ready to lighten the leader's load. Just tell me where to go. Point me in the direction, boss. Tell me what needs to be done. You're going to have to be creative with this one. And I'm telling you this from experience. I believe you should ask your boss if there's anything that you can do to lighten their load. I think that's logical. However, more often than not, I have, I have had bosses tell me that they didn't have anything. Hey, boss, I'm getting ready to run for the day. Is there anything else that I can do for you? No, Jeff, but hey, thank you for asking. I really appreciate that. What you've become is a nice guy. Uh, you know, hey, I really like that Jeff always asks. I've been asking for 50 days straight. You've never given me one thing to do. Once I became a boss, I realized that this wasn't true, that they, it wasn't that they didn't have anything for me to do. What they were really saying is they didn't trust me to do it. That's what they're really saying. The key to this is becoming aware of what's happening and how you can support them. A great example of this is <clears throat> I, I remember uh, when I was a service driver, we would have contests all the time. Like contest for a new product, contest for this, contest for that. And I loved them. Everybody loved them. It was a great way to have recognition and prizes and make more money and all of this stuff. And um, I remember I remember hearing my boss in a meeting, uh, in a service meeting, saying that there was going to be a contest coming up. Be ready for it. You know, we want to be the best in the group and the best in the country and all this and all that. So the, the light bulb kind of went off and I'm like, hey, maybe this is that opportunity. Maybe maybe this is that thing. And so instead of, uh, you know, walking by the boss's uh, office on the way home and saying, hey, boss, you need anything from me today? I switched up the narrative a little bit. I said, hey, boss, I said, hey, you remember a couple of days ago you were talking about rolling out that meeting um, and that con or that contest that's coming up? Yeah, yeah. Hey, look, I know you got a lot going on. I know that you mentioned you got this, that, the other thing going on, and we got this contest coming up. Look, I've done pretty well with contests in the past. I think I have some credibility with the team and in, in having the ability to drive results with contests. I've won a couple myself, um, and I'd love the opportunity. You know, uh, I'll take care of the rollout. Uh, I'll track all of the results. I'll train uh, some of the other drivers that maybe need help with role play and how to pitch the new product. And, and then I'll take all the reporting and I'll push it up to the group office. And that way you can kind of focus on those other things. And here's what I did during this. I, I got, I, yeah, go ahead, do it. Let's do it. When I started doing this, I kept my boss really close throughout the whole thing. And, and by the way, I did this in addition to my day job, but I kept him really, really close. I kept him involved to make him comfortable because he probably did this just to shut me up because it's like this guy's not going away. And by the way, how he positioned it, boy, that would be nice if this was one less thing. I was actually dreading this contest. Now, he didn't say any of that. And I didn't realize any of this till I became a boss because we don't let him see a sweat, right? That's one of the things, you know, we, we just put our head down and everything's fine and we smile and we don't let people know that we're rattled. But he, I could tell he was like, wow, this would be really nice. And then I, this launched so well and we did well in the contest and he didn't have to have, he, it, he didn't have to be involved to the level he had been in the past. And guess what happened? 
This opened the door to trust. And then he began coming to me for additional leading contributions. Now it was no longer I was going to him. Do you need anything from me? He would come to me and he would be like, Hanch, I got this one thing or this other thing or this thing. Are you interested? Is this something maybe you could help out? Not only did I gain influence, but here, here's the magical part. I was able to receive training and mentoring that I otherwise would have never, ever received. You talk about preparing for the next role. Folks, I'm here to tell you nothing is better. Whether you're a leader or you aspire to lead, this is something you got to be doing and you can't miss it. Craft it in a way that your leader can't say no. Few things gain the appreciation of a top leader more than more than an employee with a let's do it, let's take the hill, whatever it takes attitude. Are you that person? Here's a disclaimer. You run the risk of being labeled a brown noser. But the key to not getting this label is very simple. Don't be a brown noser. Have the mindset that I'm not just trying to get my boss to like me and favor me. I'm trying to add value. That's what I'm doing. I'm a value-added resource. Here's a dirty inside secret. Leaders themselves, they don't like brown nosers. It's very self-serving. They know what you're doing. You're not fooling anybody. Leaders are looking for value-added contribution and people that are looking to grow and be developed. When you're adding value, you will feel very good about that. When you do this well, your influence tank starts filling up. If you find yourself in in a situation where you feel like you just can't seem to get your boss's attention, you feel like you lack influence, ask yourself this. Have you been paying attention to your manager and their goals and their decision-making style? Are you looking to add value? Are you looking to not be a time waster? I hope so. If not, let this challenge you. As we close this episode, I want to tell you, you don't have to be in the C-suite to have influence. If you're looking to elevate and build your influence, try to start by trying to use some of these suggestions that I've given you. They have served me very, very well. Get on the same page as the company. Connect with people on a deeper level. Be proactive. Be reliable. And for goodness sakes, don't be a brown noser. Nobody likes them. It's going to take work. But after a while, what you'll find is it just starts becoming second nature. And when it happens, you're well on your way to being an influential force that people remember and view as a difference maker. Not to mention, all of this work, it makes you much more likely for advancement. There's the cherry on top. I hope this serves you well. I hope you take a couple of these nuggets and start to execute as you become a person of more influence and adding value to the team that you're on. With that being said, never forget that you all have been set up to be champions in this life. Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win.